I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, truly present among us in the most blessed sacrament. We're beginning next week, the holy season of Lent, and it can be very helpful um, to, to really pray with the um, going into Lent and, and how we're going to enter into Lent in your presence, Lord, to ask you, like, what, are, what are your plans for us for this Lent, right? I, I maybe have my plans. I, I know what I want to do. But Lent for the Christian should never be um, just a form of self-help. Um, you know, Lent oftentimes uh, can, can be a form of just a, a, a good diet, right? It's, I'm going to fast, right? Uh, it'll be a nice diet. I'll get healthy. I'll get in shape this Lent, right? That's my goal in Lent, to drop a few pounds and to, to get in shape. Um, well, that's, that's not what Lent is for, right? Lent isn't just the church's diet season. Um, Lent is really, Jesus, we need, to, we need to ask you, what do you want from us in this holy time? Um, so that it doesn't just become a form of self-help. It doesn't just become a form of, well, here's the stuff I want to do anyway, and now I have an excuse. Or on the flip side, it becomes a, a time of nothing, right? I, I end up giving up nothing at all, or I give up things that are so vague that there's really no change. Uh, and so, Jesus, we should take uh, some time with you in prayer and really pray with, what, what do you want from us this Lent? How are you calling us to, to be closer to you? What do you want us to do? And as we prepare to enter into Lent, we shouldn't go in, we shouldn't go in cold, right? We shouldn't go in where we wake up on Ash Wednesday and we're like, oh, it's Lent. What am I supposed to do? Well, I, I don't know. I'll figure it out by the first Sunday of Easter. Now, the first Sunday of Easter, I'll know what I'm doing this Lent, right? No. Jeez, we should be doing it ahead of time. The church used to have a liturgical, a whole kind of pregame for Lent that was, um, that was known as Septuagesima, so Septuagesima, Sexagesima, Quinquagesima were the three weekends leading up to Ash Wednesday. And so it was meant to kind of prepare us. And even in that time, you would wear purple and you wouldn't say alleluia and you would omit the glory at his, you know, kind of gradually got a little bit more ready so that we were, we were more prepared when, when Lent finally came. And, and so we, we've lost that. I mean, we don't observe that liturgically, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't still be prepared. For what am I going to do this Lent? What, what, what do you want me to do, Jesus? And Ash Wednesday is a big day, right? Ash Wednesday, I heard someone say recently, and it's probably, it may be true, like more people go to Mass on Ash Wednesday than go to Mass on Easter. <laughs> it's, everyone goes on Ash Wednesday. Um, it's a big day because uh, we get our ashes, and uh, there, there's something to that. Uh, and when we, when we read Ash Wednesday, we always read on Ash Wednesday from the book of the prophet Joel. And I don't know how many other times in the year we read from Joel. I don't know if I've ever read, read Joel start to finish. Um, but we read from Joel 
in on Ash Wednesday, and at a particular point, um, it's just this reminder: God, God talking out to us. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Even now, right now, well, the, things haven't really gone so well since the last Lent, Jesus. Right? I, I get distracted. Maybe I'm worse. You know, maybe I think I'm worse this year than I was at this point last year. Um, but even now, return to me with your whole heart. Not just in a halfway, not just, you know, half measures, but all the way. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart. And then he goes on to, to proclaim. What are we going to do? Blow the trumpet in Zion. Proclaim a fast. Call an assembly, gather the people, notify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the infants at the breast, let the bridegroom quit his room and the bride her chamber between the porch and the altar. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, spare, O Lord, your people. This is what we're supposed to, it's, it's like a list, we've got stuff to do. Blow the trumpet in Zion and proclaim a fast. Make sure people know, right? If we're going to go blowing trumpets, to get people's attention, you need to know we're proclaiming a fast as a people of God, as God's holy people. On Wednesday, we proclaim a fast. We, as the church of God, are fasting. We're going to be observing this time, all of us together. You know, it's very helpful to do things, and particularly difficult things, together. That we're, we're not going to just do this alone, but rather it's, it's always good to, to be united. And for our Lent, we should see that we're united with the whole church. We're praying right now in a particular way with the tragic situation happening in Ukraine. And it's important that we, we see that we are united with the people in Ukraine who are, who are suffering the tragedy of war and aggression. And that... They don't feel isolated. The whole church, the whole world is watching. The whole world is suffering with them. It's, it's the one mystical body of Christ. So we're all together. We're all suffering together. And the Pope has been expressing that in his, in his words recently. But we, you know, as we fast and we enter into Lent, we're doing it all together. That this is not just something that I'm doing, my person. No, I'm, I'm entering with the whole church. It can be very, again, helpful to have friends to do things. I, I remember my zealous early days of seminary, deciding I was going to pray, make a holy hour at 5.15 in the morning, and, uh, and in order to be in the chapel and have any kind of coherent conversation with our Lord at 5.15, I need to have a cup of coffee ahead of time. Uh, but seminarians are cheap. That's, um, uh, you could take that to the bank. Seminarians are cheap, right? And so my friends and I, we had one coffee maker between the four of us. And so we'd all get up. Um, and we'd all get up and we'd have a cup of coffee together early in the morning. And then we'd go pray together. And it was very kind of in the morning. I got up at 4.15. Some others decided that 4.45 was enough when it was their week to make the coffee. And I had gotten up at 4.15 and there was no coffee ready. It wasn't that pleasant. It almost broke our friendship. But it was good to try to do it together. Right? It was, there was something about just starting off on the right foot. But if it was just all alone, it's easy to say, you know, no one's paying attention. It doesn't matter. I could start tomorrow. 
Well, on Ash Wednesday, the whole church, we are together entering into a time of fasting. Real, intense focus. And so during Lent, we should be encouraging one another in that. We should be helping one another, right? We should, um, and we should be creative in how we help each other, right? During Lent, during ordinary time, if you eat meat on a Friday, you're encouraged to, to make up with another penance and... Um, you don't even have to under pain of sin, right? It's encouraged. We should observe some kind of penance on Fridays. Today's a Friday. And so we should observe some kind of penance. But if it's not, you know, abstaining from meat normally during the regular year, that's okay. Make up, make up for some other kind of penance. But it's not even a sin if you don't. But during Lent, it is we don't eat meat. And so together, when we, if we go out to eat or something, none of us order meat. And, and we're all doing it together, and we're maybe finding the more creative ways of not eating meat um, that we can. But it's all together. We're all working together in this. We're all doing it, you know, as one family. And so it could be helpful, make it a little bit easier. And I think in Lent, as we consider what our Lent is going to look like, I think we want to be generous, right? The, the typical three practices, that the, the traditional ones, the ones that our Lord himself gives us in the gospel for Ash Wednesday, um, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Um, but I think as a, an overall tone of those, we should strive for generosity. In the program Optimal Work, which is spectacular for learning how to you know, work better and with greater focus and um, you know, real using the, the psychological things happening in the brain and in the way that best helps for working well. Um, they have three practices, reframing, mindfulness, challenge. That's kind of the, the three go-to things. And um, challenge, that idea of challenge. That when we work, if we set a particular challenge to what we do, then we're actually striving for something. And so... Uh, all of the, the mechanisms of the brain, particularly adrenaline, get on board, right? They, they start operating and working for us. You know, if we just say, I'm going to read for the next half hour, okay, whatever, I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll check my phone a few times and I'll respond to that email and then I'll kind of flip through the pages and see what's going on. And, but if I say, like, I'm going to read 30 pages in a half hour, and I want to get to, I want to finish this chapter by that time. We set a challenge. Well, then our adrenaline helps pull us through so that we're not being distracted because we've set a goal, a good goal, a hard goal, a stretch goal. And that when we do that, that can be helpful. Uh, it gets us on board. Well, we should do that with Lent, right? We should actually set a goal, not just, okay, I'm going to fast and pray and give alms this Lent, how, whatever happens. But no, like, this Lent, I'm going to be generous in my fasting. Here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to really set a good stretch goal. I'm going to be generous in my prayer this Lent. I'm going to really try to, try to dive all the way in. I'm going to set a generous stretch goal. And then with my almsgiving, I'm going to be very generous, challenging in, in how I, I try to care for those who are in need this Lent. And so we really should, should try to challenge, right? And we don't want a wimpy Lent, um, Let's be, let's be generous in, in what we do and, and get the challenge benefit so that it's not just, a lot of times Lent could become, all right, I'm going to do these things, whatever. 
And then, like, by the second week of Lent, we're, uh, I could cheat a little, right? I'm going to, what, I, I, I didn't really mean that, right? I gave up. Oh, I only gave up a certain type of soda. Like, I, I said I'd give up Coca-Cola. So I'll drink all the name, you know, I just won't drink the name brand stuff. Pepsi, I could have Pepsi because I gave up Coke, right? So I'll drink Pepsi for Lent. It's so foolish how we get it. No, I'd be generous in what we do. Be encompassing, really have a challenge. I often say, you know, when people early in Lent say that they failed somehow, I failed in my Lenten penance. Okay, good. That means you picked a good one, right? You really, you picked a good Lenten penance if you're going to fail in it once or twice. If it's very easy to do, well, whatever, right? Uh, but if it's, if it's a challenge, if it's a hard goal, then we're going to fail once or twice. And that's how we know we've picked, we picked a good pen. Again, nothing extreme, but we say, I'm going to really set a stretch goal. And by its very nature as a stretch goal, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough, and I may not be able to make it. But I'm still going to try. And Lord, with your help, always with you, all things with you, so let's look a little bit into these, into these three practices, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, and, and how we can live them generously this Lent. Um, the first, prayer, right? It, um, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues. Amen, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. And so with our prayer, our prayer is first and foremost conversation with God. And that we, um, we want to live, Lord, this conversation in, in secret, in the secret of our heart, right? To, to have this good conversation with you. And, and so we should be sure that particularly during Lent, we're, we're generous with our times of prayer and particularly mental prayer, right? That one-on-one conversation with you. That Jesus, if, if my prayer becomes too formalistic sometimes or just becomes too to um, wrote, right? It, uh, it just becomes just, it's just part of the schedule. Um, now, look, if it's not even part of the schedule and I'm just not doing it, well, then set a schedule, right? Have, a, have some kind of a good timetable and be dedicated. Um, if I like to cut short my time of prayer so that, you know, if you're in the practice of making a holy hour, eh, holy 55 minutes most days, maybe 50, 45. My holy hour is, you know, 32 minutes, uh, no, Lord, if it's a holy hour, you make a holy hour, right? Um, well, I'm going to spend that time doing a lot of reading and a lot of journaling and a lot of daydreaming. No, 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 Lord, conversation with you. That's, that's most important, right? Maybe that could be a great surrender. It's good to have a book. It's good to read. We absolutely should be reading scripture. But maybe during Lent a little bit, we try to, I remember a Jesuit telling me, Go into your holy hour unarmed, right? Bring nothing with you. Not even your phone. Like, have a, little, have a watch, or if you're here in the church, like, start when one of the hour bells rings and be like, I'm not moving, and I'm not stopping talking to you, Lord, until the next bell, right? And, and I don't even have a watch. I don't even know how long it is. I'm going totally unarmed. I, got, I have no book. I have no phone. I have no watch. I have nothing but you, Jesus. And that, that's all I need. What's my prayer? My prayer is not just reading time. My prayer is just not watching the clock, running out the clock. My prayer is conversation with you. So Jesus, maybe this Lent I can have, can have more conversation with you. I remember on retreat, you know, uh, the retreats that I attend usually have three preached meditations, right? 
And, and for a number of years, I was like, okay, those are good, right? That three meditations a day, that's, that's great. I normally try to do two half hours of mental prayer during the day. And so I add the third for retreat. And then last year, um, a priest told me right before going on retreat, I had spiritual direction. And the priest told me, well, no, you should do like an extra half hour mental prayer per half hour meditation, right? So it goes from an hour and a half of prayer to like three hours a day. You're on a retreat. What else are you going to do? And the rosary, usually all the parts of the rosary, and spiritual reading, and the liturgy of the hours, and mat. It's like you're on a retreat. You don't go on a retreat to take a nap. You go on a retreat to talk, talk to our Lord. And so do more, right? Be generous, a good stretch goal. Conversation with you, Lord. It's not just about sitting through some meditations, but it's about really having that conversation. Lent should give us the freedom to do that. I'm so busy. I can't, I don't have time to really pray well. Well, it's Lent. I have the time now because this is a time that your church gives me. It's mandate, right? Today for most of us was some kind of a snow day, right? It's mandate. Nature gave me a day when I could just not have to worry about going here and there and whatever, but a day to just focus on stuff. Well, that's Lent for us. But, you know, one of, the be- one of the best things we can do during Lent, if we're able to make it a good practice, if we're able to, you know, good stretch goal, if it's not your practice, go to daily Mass, right? Every day, going to Mass, being nourished by you, Lord, in the Eucharist, right? Really spending that time in prayer, may- arriving early for Mass, making a good Thanksgiving after, attending Mass well, right? And really with love. But here's the thing with prayer during Lent, It's not meant to stop at Easter, right? The prayer that we do during Lent is something that maybe we're a little bit more dedicated, but ideally that conversation with you, Lord, doesn't stop. And so if we give more time to prayer during Lent, if we're more generous, okay, but it's not like, okay, you know, I I go to daily Mass during Lent, and during Easter, not at all, right? As if daily Mass is some kind of fasting or prayer, right? No, no, it's it's prayer. It's It's the best prayer we can have. And so Jesus... We want that, that prayer with you. Um, but if we go to, you know, our prayer during Lent, we should have an idea of how can this be sustained, right? How can I really keep this conversation with you going? So prayer. Fasting, right? That's what we're proclaiming on Wednesday, a fast. We're blowing the trumpet. It's time to fast. And, you know, it's time to fast. We can make a lot of different excuses for, like, not fasting, right? Ugh, I'm not fasting, you know. Today, today's the last Friday before Lent. I'm eating meat today because it's the last Friday before Lent. It's not a feast day or anything, but it is. I have an excuse today, Lord, and tomorrow too because it's the last Saturday before Lent. And um, we could just make all kinds of, well, we're proclaiming a fast. We're starting fast. We should be challenging, but also creative, right? It should be, we should be creative in what, what do we give up? Um, when I was growing up, it was a popular thing to say, Oh, I don't give stuff up for Lent. I do something extra. No, do something extra too. But you give something up. That's what a fast is. We give something up, right? Oh, I'm, no, I just do a little extra. No, that's good. Great. Do extra. But give something up. Because um, it should be, it should pinch a little, right? Just a little pinch. Not, not a lot. Nothing crazy. You know, I'm not going to eat for all of Lent. I, I heard a priest recommend that. Not seriously, but... You know, there's the movement that I buy into a little for intermittent fasting, and there's a reality that 
I've got enough nourishment that I carry around with me every day to walk from like here to California without eating, right? It's, we, we got, you could not eat during Lent. Um, you, most, uh, you talk to a doctor or a spiritual director if you're going to go that extreme. But like we give something up during Lent, right? Uh, maybe not crazy, but en- enough of a pinch that, that we're going to notice it. We're going to notice that there's this, thing, you know, and, and a great thing to consider is what separates me from God? What are those things that I waste time on, right? Phones are, phones are the number one, right? If you could cut down on phone usage during Lent, media, social media, YouTube, all kinds of other media, um, whatever it may be, music in the car, that could be a big one, right? And don't just replace it with um, podcasts. Those are good, but, but I mean, it'd be better than listening to music, but maybe a little bit of silence too, right? I'm going to actually give up. It's not just the crutch of always listening to something or someone, but some silence. Jesus, to have that room for silence to talk to you. Um, and our fasting is, is um, it, should be, it should be challenging. We should, maybe we're going to fail in it. That's okay. Recognize our weakness with real humility. Um, but we want to be generous in that. In, in really giving, giving something up and feeling the pinch. Um, but, and to do it with a smile, right? Uh, that that should be, Lent should, we should be marked with smiles. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. Oh, I'm fasting. I'm going to make life miserable for people around me. You know, it'd be like, um, I don't know, if I gave up soda and I was going to, to someone's um, party and, you know, they're, that's all they're really serving. And I'm just like, oof, I gave that up. I can't have, can you go buy me a bottle of water or something? Because I can't drink that. And we make life miserable for people around us because we become super needy in our fasting, right? We, we make everyone else care for us uh, in, in stupid ways. And that's not, that's not what it's supposed to be. So all of our fasting should be with a smile. San Jose Maria would say, um, choose mortifications that don't mortify others, Right? And so if your fasting is going to make you grumpy and mean to people, pick something else, right? It'd be better to, to just not be grumpy and to, to learn how to be a little bit more mortified, have a bit more fortitude. Um, but we, we should be creative, challenging, but also always with a smile. How great would it be? Well, we all know that we're fasting during Lent. If we could get through Lent and nobody knew what I gave up, and no one's like, whoa, you gave that, maybe again, a good spiritual director, confessor. It's good to talk to someone about what you're giving up to get some good advice. Um, but besides that, like if nobody knew what I gave up, you didn't even notice that I always drank water every time we go out to eat, right? You didn't even pay attention. You didn't notice because I'm not, make, not drawing attention to it. The discretion, the way that we can just very gently, creatively live live our, our fasting during Lent, live our Lenten penances in a totally hidden way that nobody sees. And it could be a total struggle for us. I'm really having a tough time, but, um, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, to let anyone, I'm not going to let anyone know. I'm going to keep it secret, right? Don't neglect your appearance so that, other, that you may appear to others to be fasting. When you fast, anoint your head, wash your face. Don't appear to be fasting except your father who is hidden. And your father, your dad, he sees you, right? He sees, and that's all that matters. There's the, um, a movie that I like, The Brothers Bloom, about con men. These two brothers, they're con men. 
and there are all kinds of shenanigans and, and things ensue. But at the end, um, it, uh, they pull off this incredible, incredible thing. And, um, but there's nobody there to see it, right? There's no one to get the credit. And one brother says that to another. And, and the one who was the mastermind behind this whole thing says to his brother, you're the only audience I ever needed, right? That's it. You're the only audience I ever needed. And that's what we should say to our Heavenly Father. Father, you're, you're the only audience I need. I don't care if anyone else notices. You notice and you love me. Now, here's the other thing. It's good to, to plan it now, to get ready now. I remember talking to somebody once who gave up media, TV, particularly gave up TV for Lent. I'm not going to watch TV all of Lent. And then Easter Sunday, went to Mass and then just binge watch an entire season. Like they caught up on a lot of the TV that they missed during Lent on Easter Sunday, right? No, that's not good, right? It's, we, when we fast, let's prepare now that we're going to give these things up, but we're not going to allow it to become excessive during Easter, um, that we're giving these things up. And you know what? Maybe we're going to be a little bit better without them. And I don't need to catch up on everything I miss, right? Someone gives up spending money for Lent. And so now I could go on that spending spree. Octave of Easter, I'm going to spend everything I didn't spend during Lent. That's not what our fasting is. It's actually giving it up. And then the third practice is almsgiving, right? That's where you do something more, right? We, we give more. We're already talking to you, Lord, so it's all flowing out of our relationship with you. We've made sacrifices in our life. But now we're giving something more, where we're actually helping those in need. And we, we should try during, during Lent to actually give alms to the poor, right? Actually find the poor. It could be very easy to say, well, we're going to help those around us. And we should, right? Charity starts at home. So we should be extra generous to those around us, right? We should really go out of our way to do those things. I'm just sitting here thinking, I don't, I don't like doing dishes at all. I'm sure everyone here knows that. Um, and so maybe during Lent, like, I could be generous, and volunteer to do dishes. Now, if I don't do it when you're around, everyone's going to know. Like, oh, Father Casey's failing this Lent. But, um, but no, like being generous, right? It, right around to those around us, but not just leaving it at home, but actually finding the poor, right? Who are people that are actually poor, materially poor? Um, and how can I be generous to them? And it's not, you know, almsgiving a lot of times is not um, just like, well, here's, here's this money, but what if we actually got to know those who are poor around us, right? What if we actually got to know them, know their names? It could be very dehumanizing to someone if we just see like a poor person as someone that I'm going to give something to, but not know anything about them, not know who they are. They should be grateful that I'm giving something to them. Real Christian almsgiving can I get to know people? Can I know their name, right? And there, there's people that are in so much need right around us. And again, it's not just people on street corners or the homeless. We should care for the homeless 100%. Um, but there could be people living real poverty, people that no one, no one knows them. No one knows their name. No one knows who they are. They live alone. Um, they, they, they have a real poverty of, of love. And how could we feel that? with generosity, right? To really kind of get to know who people are. Somebody cares about me. Somebody knows who I am. They're praying for me. They ask about me. If, if I don't 
you know, if they don't talk to me for a few days, they get worried about me. What a great almsgiving that is. One of the most valuable resources we have in the modern world is our time. How do I give my time generously to those who, who have no one who cares for them? It's a great idea if we're able to, to, to try to set up a time to visit maybe one of the local nursing homes. And usually the resident directors there are able to tell us the people that have no family, no friends, no one that talks to them, no one that's going to wish them a happy birthday, no one who cares about them. And, and, you know, in those situations of real poverty, how can we respond generously with our time, right? And then when there's a physical need, how can we respond generously? I can do this, for the, I can, you know, get this for this person, right? I can give them food if they're hungry, a drink if they're thirsty. I can, you know, buy them clothing if, they, if they're out of clothes, if they need something, right? Um, visit the imprisoned, right? Who are people that are imprisoned? Not just, and the prison system has all of its regulations. Um, but who are the people that are, are not able to get out, right? Uh, how can I visit them with love, right? So these are ways that we can creatively live almsgiving um, to be generous, Jesus, we're, we're starting Lent, right? We're, we're ready to go, and we, we should have good resolutions. All in this conversation with you, starting tonight, maybe we've already started it, and carrying it through till Wednesday, of what do you want us to do? How do you want Lent? You have a plan for each one of us this Lent, Jesus, and so what do you want us to do? We should ask our mother. Moms have a great way of getting to the heart of the matter. They know what we, you know, they know what we need. They know what we need to grow in. So we should ask our mother to pray for us. Mary, pray for us. Teach us. Teach us what we need. Show us what we need this Lent. And then give us the strength to carry it out. So this Lent we may really grow in holiness um, and may be the saints that we're called to be. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, My guardian angel, intercede for me.